0: Mastering
1: Retention presented by UserWise. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's episode of the Mastering Retention podcast. Uh, today, we're going to have a lot of fun. I've got uh, Vanin Senkar with me today uh, from EA India, which is uh, we're, we're going to talk about something super fun. Um, and that is you know how do you actually create new features? It blows my mind how often I see games. Um, you know, y- you spend two, three months making this feature that should be awesome, and maybe it even you know increases your retention for like or engagement or whatnot by twenty percent. And then I just see so many features just like flatline and like they do nothing overall in the long term. Um, and so I-, I think figuring out what features to make and actually how to design them is just such a challenge. And nobody really like talks about it even. And there's not that much like market research and stuff out there. Like you've got Annie and sensor tower for, you know, high level trends of, you know, where's the blue ocean and the red ocean. But when it comes to the features and the features that your players want, like, I don't think there's anything out there, but maybe I'm wrong. That's why we're here today. But uh, before we dive into that, um, uh tell me your story. Like, how did you get here? How did you get working on games? It's it's kind of like the dream job, right? So yeah, what's
0: your story? Hey Tom, yeah, thanks for that. So yeah, so I've been working as a uh, uh, free to play game designer for the past uh, eight years. Um, I've started uh, in the year 2013, so I'll uh, give you an overview of what myself uh, and my education and my background with education. So I did my bachelor's in computer science, and after that, I really want to get into something you know where I can be a creative, uh, create you know to 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 have a creative career. So I worked on photography, I worked on uh, uh, movies, you know, short movies. Uh, So my mind was always you know have to be something that that relates to a. creative industry where we can create a product and give to the consumers and see, you know, and create an experience. So that was my, uh, you know, my goal and the aim when I did my bachelor's. But eventually, uh, I came to know there is a career for game designing in India. So I was uh, so then I then I took a post-graduation diploma in game designing in uh, 2012. So that's how I, I, I got into the actual professional experience of working on a game. So um, I was really lucky to start in a company called uh, Ninety Nine Games, uh, which is in India. And uh, so back then, you know, they were really uh, were trying to expose their games into US and uh, uh, you know uh, Europe audience, and where uh, they created a lot of puzzle games. So I was a part of uh, most of the projects, and I was working in. You uh, know, uh, I was uh, so back then, you know, the company was able to provide a lot of tools, and uh, that's when I uh, actually got a lot of. Uh, an experience towards what is a free-to-play game and everything and um, I was there in 99 games for three years and in 2016 I moved to a company called uh, uh, Rock U, uh which is now which is now it's called Popreach so you is when I joined you know I got a lot of chance to work in uh, actual live games uh, like like you know where we have a huge number of audience and we have a lot of DAUs every single day for example you know I when i joined in rock you in 2016 that's when i got to work on a game called uh, kitchen scramble so we had a pretty massive uh, number of audience you know we had around uh, a, a million dau so so then after that uh, i was able i, I worked on um, uh, you know um, worked on like yeah two three li- live games and then i also got a chance to work on a hyper casual title so where we created a small uh, hyper casual game for a uh, fv instant game so i was doing that in popit after that um i joined ea because uh... Yeah, why not? Because uh, yeah, I had an opportunity to have to work with EA back in August 2020. So it's been like almost two years with EA and I'm currently working with uh, amazing projects. So we have amazing goals ahead. You know, we have, we have tremendous plans going forward with mobile. So I'm super excited uh, working in the industry, at least at this uh, timeline of how the mobile game is uh, shaping and the industry is getting towards what is going to happen. So yeah, that's about me, Tom. That's awesome.
1: Love it. Cool. Okay. So when you think about feature design, it's easy to divorce the concept of, you know, like your audience from the feature, I think, but I think they really need to be integrated together to really have like the, the biggest chance of success. So um, maybe we can start by talking about like, have you ever designed or been a part of a team that designed a feature that didn't
0: work? yeah so i wasn't like uh, i didn't have an exact experience like that but we i worked on a feature where uh, you know the feature wasn't really doing good and uh, we jen- jumped in and do a did a lot of iteration where we made the feature uh, you know later uh, we made the feature doing really well so I, i'll give you i will give you an example so basically it was a very old game uh, i was working with rockyou so it was a very old uh, html game and uh, the objective was to create a new uh, pvp online feature so what happened is you know uh, so basically what happened in the feature is uh, uh, it's like we have to invest one token so the event is called jousting so there will be two knights uh, each, uh, like uh, representing each player so yep. whenever I, whenever i spend one token there will be a joust that happens and based on the stats of the each knight i know there'll be a victory result. you know there'll be there'll be a result like winner or loser mm-hmm. so Uh, What happened here is uh, the the feature, yeah, creating the feature was a whole different story. So this feature went went out like this to the players, and uh, the players who are really winning the you know the winning winning the events were really happy because they've been getting what they wanted with each token they're spending you know token we have to pay real money and get the tokens for the event but the players who are losing despite spending a token to enter the event um they're not they 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 weren't really happy so (laughs) we so like okay so so the problem is uh, so the problem is both are spending both are getting some tokens to play a feature and uh, (laughs) we are not rewarding the the player who lost you know we are not motivating them enough to come back and play again so what mm. can we do about it so so then we decide uh it's, so so we had a lot of idea. we thought you know we can do that we can do that then later we decided to give them okay why not rewards even for the player who lost let, let's motivate them you know so it, it, it need not to be a reward which the winner is getting getting it at least a very small reward what the player, you know, uh, which will motivate them to come back and play because they've been spending each token to win, right? So that yeah. was sort of something we did. And it was really welcome. Like they will, And the next release and the next release, we had a lot of players jumping and playing and of the event. So that was something, you know, happened with one of the features I worked long back.
1: So, you know, thinking about that feature and the way that you guys released it, um, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently if you had to design, you know, that same feature, or the way that you released it, or whatnot—is um, there any way that you could have avoided that initial misstep where those players that were losing weren't getting anything?
0: So the first issue is, you know, we will not see. This is some. See, so we thought. So when the feature went out, at least for the closed group, we thought everything is answered. We thought everything is fixed, and that's how it went out, right? So we didn't. So that's. So only this problem. When this problem occurred from the player side, we came to know about this. Okay, this is something we never saw. You know, this is something. So. Honestly uh, uh, see what we can do from our side what we can do from our side is we can release a feature uh, we, cannot re- we cannot release so nobody can release uh, 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 you know, next million dollar feature for the game. so what we can do are, from our side is create something what the, what the entire team is understanding you know what if something is going wrong in the feature, we know what to do, so that is really important, so understanding the feature and communicating the entire thing to the feature and, and there are and uh, this is something you know understanding the feature as a team that's really important. And the next thing is there are there are uh, see even though we are not able to identify these corner cases but there are there are certain uh events or triggers where we can capture the players for example we can we can count them you know how many times they're actually uh, getting into one particular window or how many how many times like you know with this this particular game like oh, how many times they've been uh, in this game for in the section of the feature for like how long so these kind of things we can record and then we can improve something so so yeah so what we can do is we can we can, we can can release uh, we cannot release a complete feature, but I, but we have to come up with the feature which is not broken, you know, which is not completely broken, you know, which, which, so which cannot be repaired going forward. So my, my keys, we have to go really simple. Uh, you know, it has to be really known by every, every one of the team. And then we, 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 we should be having some ready levers in the feature, which can be tuned immediately, at least from the backend. So that is something we have to do.
1: Yeah. So here's here's a couple of ideas that I was kind of noodling over as you were speaking to, and I'm I'm curious what your thoughts would be. Um, you know, the first one, and and I've learned this law, <laughs> or well, from from game economy designers actually, which is you must play the build because no matter how perfect it looks on a spreadsheet, until you actually play it yourself and experience it, is it actually like meaningful and rewarding? So you know. With that in mind, do you think had you guys been properly playing the feature against each other and spending money, would you, if you would lost, been able to feel that and predict that that player, you know, losing there, you know, would have been in that case? Or do you think you might not have felt it because maybe you guys didn't have to fork over real money to get the tokens to play?
0: So yeah, so that's a nice question, Evan. So when we create the feature, apart from creating a, a you know, a, a, a feature which is not broken, the the next immediate thing what we have to think is you know what is the there are there are other things, but the the most important thing is how we want to monetize this feature. That's the that's the that's, that's the question everyone wants to answer, right? So what we can do about this is first we have to understand what is the motivation of the player. Playing the game, like what is their motivation in the game? Like, you know, uh, do do they want to socialize with people, or do they want to compete with others? Do they want to progress in the game? So we have to understand uh, that particular motivation of the player. So this, so this can be understood by various ways. You know, like we can, so you know, we can, uh, so. Yeah, you've been working on a game for a very long time. You can understand the players. You can, you can. There, there are there are a lot of things you can understand. Uh, when it comes to EA, then they're gonna give you a lot of tools and everything to understand the players and everything. So when you understand that player, what happens here is now we know what the player really wanted. You know, okay. For example, uh, 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 let's take a let's take an example like a mastery game. Uh, there is there is a win streak feature. Like, you, know, you have to keep winning all the levels to keep getting all the three stars. So once you get the three stars. Uh, the next, you know, the fourth level, you can enter the level with the with the with the initial booster, you know, extra boosters. So, so, so that's going to happen, like, you know, like a win streak boosters. So what happened here is uh, on on the fifth stage. I lose the level. Now I'm going to lose the crown. Now know, I'm going to lose the win streak. So that is so that is something you know the, the player can understand. The player can relate because that's a, that's a loss aversion. So the, the so all the mastery players who've been playing the game, they very they, they know what happened with loss aversion. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm going to do something extraordinary. And there is a feature which is adding another layer of loss aversion pressure for them. So that way we can monetize them. You know, uh, so that is something you know. So we have to understand the player really well, and we have to push them uh, to get to get to the goal of this feature. Uh, So for example, say there is a game where we have to collect a lot of buildings or a lot of things and as a player, that's my goal. And uh, there is a new exclusive event running out. And I have only three days to collect the most exclusive building I've been waiting in the game. And now the motivation of the the player is to collect uh, the exclusive building, right? And there is a time boxing happens. So now, either the player have to keep grinding the game to get it done or towards the end of the last day, they have to pay. So yeah, so we have to uh, pinch the player on the motivation to. Uh, so that, that's what, so once we have a clear feature, like once we have a clear feature, the next thing is we have to plan the monetization. The monetization has has to hit the player motivation at some point and they have to be triggered. Okay, I have to do this. So back, so when you, so when you come back to my uh, feature, which was talking about like jousting. So what happened here was my players are really, really social and they're very competitive. So, so we had a leaderboard for the entire feature. So, only if I spend a token. Only if I keep spending tokens, I can I can play a lot of jousting, and then and and and, and for each win, I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna accumulate points. That's gonna push me in the leaderboard, you know, like to top one or top two. So, so that was a motivation for the feature. You know? I have to be the best uh, knight in the entire server. For that, yeah. they have to keep spending uh, some tokens on the jousting, and they have to keep winning. And yeah, so that's what you know. So that's what. So that's the plan. So we have to come up with the uh, play motivation and how to how to trigger the. I know the monetization thing. I have a lot of like (laughs) game
1: design type questions to to dig in there, but I'm going to hold off on a couple of those to, to loop back. Um, One thing that you said, I I find interesting and at at a high level, it makes sense, but when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, I'm I'm still struggling to wrap my head around it. And that is, um, you know, you've got to create this feature for your players with their motivations in mind, but how do you do that? I mean, like, so I've been playing a, a a run through of divinity to original sin with uh, a few of my buddies from college uh, over the last uh, few months. And now we're all playing the same game and we're all enjoying it, but I just want to like rob all the shop owners and get like filthy rich. Um, One of the guys it's just trying to get, like, super, super powerful. And he's, like, crazy right now. And then, like, the other two are, like, really about the storyline and they want to, like, engage into it and role play and, like, really get it. And so it's, like, there's different parts of this game. We're all playing the same game, but we like different parts of it. So, you know, when you think about features, like... Do you try to find something that we all can enjoy? Do you pick like just the storyline players and design something for them? Or, you know, like what's your approach for that? Like, do you need to have three different features for each of those different, you know, primary drivers of motivation?
0: Yeah, so uh, so that's opening, you know, that's opening up a different kind of, uh, uh, you know, a, a kind of a space about uh, understanding the player motivation even deeper. So when it comes to player, uh, of course, you know, as you mentioned, each game have uh, different groups of players. You know, or one might like to do something else, and you uh, know, one might do a different thing altogether, and all all, all these things are happen. So even in, so, even in, so, when it comes to the game, even the game. Itself will have different groups of player. Uh, for example, uh, say um, say what say say Candy Crush. Yeah, that's like a, uh, yep. <laughs> that's, that's a Candy Crush. <laughs> so we have so 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 just so just uh, to see in a very simple way. Uh, in Candy Crush game, we have we have different groups of player. Uh, say there are players who say say there are like 20% of players they are in level one to level hundred, and say the 60% is Players are in level uh, 1,000 to 1,500, and, and we have mm-hmm. the superior players, right? So that's what. So we have to first... So so, so imagine this is a scenario. We have a game, and we have uh, these segments of player on each level, like, you know, different levels of the game. So now uh, now the task is to come up with a feature. So now we have to decide, uh, okay, now now, now now imagine we have to create a feature, and we have a monetization plan with it. Uh, my thought, my, my clear thought is, you know... Uh, See, so, so yeah, of course, you know the first idea is to bring up with so many feature ideas, uh, which we think you know which can cater throughout the throughout the play segments. Uh, it might not happen. Uh, so when you when you when you just uh, try to filtrate a lot of different uh, feature ideas uh, towards the end, uh, you know we have to match up with you know with what was the goal of the feature? Uh, is it to monetize well? Then I'll then I'll take the most uh, engaging play group. Say you know, the 60 percent of the player group. And then we have to understand them, you know, then we have to see, okay, because if I'm going to put a feature, which is, which I'm expecting a lot of monetization, I will not plan that feature for the early players because their motivation is different. They just want to progress. Sure. They, they don't yeah. want to do anything else. They have a lot of features <laughs> on a feature, guy. Right? Because, so that is something. So, because if, if there's a feature and if there is an opportunity for us to increase the DAU or something, that feature can be go to the first segment of the player. You know, they can, they can do something with it. Okay, uh, okay, I, I, I love I love this game. And there's a feature which is going to reward me if I'm going to log in again every day. So that kind of feature might help, you know, the uh, the. The early uh, the early stage players, but when there is a feature which we, which you, you really have to monetize or something, then we have to target that kind of player. You know, like okay, these are the players; they've been spending a lot, and let's focus them, and and let's try, and then let's give them some more for enough you know, for them to enjoy, and this you know we can that, So that that's the idea. Tom, you know, we have mm. to identify the players within the game and see what they are doing in the game and do something about it. So it almost
1: seems like you really probably need to map out like a roadmap of, Hey, you know, we're going to do a monetization feature like once a month. And then maybe like two times a month, we're going to do some features that are related to like fun and engagement. And then maybe just like a quality of life, you know, thing or something like that. So you're like really spacing out what you're doing, but you're very aware of like, when I'm doing a monetization feature, this is who I'm designing it for. So that it actually kind of monetizes them. If, if that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to summarize here. from. That's right. Cool. I like it.
1: Okay. Um, you know, I'm still spinning my wheel on this whole jousting thing though. Um, <clears throat> okay. So there was, uh, I don't know if they still do it, but in one of uh, GameLoft's Loft's uh, car games, Um, They actually let you race the cars. um, And if you won, you got the other person's car, um, (laughs) which I think is super cool. Um, But the way that they monetize that is if you lose, you can actually pay to get your car back at like a, a steep discount so that you're not actually like losing your car, which I imagine like monetizes crazy well because You know, people will pay far more to avoid losing something than to, you know, gain something else. Um, But, you know, with that in mind, you know, do you think there could have been other successful ways to set up this campaign or this, uh, you know, feature uh, in the sense of like, could I, if I won, I not only get the rewards, but I also get another coin so that I can keep like playing and kind of going up or, um you know maybe for players that lost they could just pay the coin right now and i still get the full reward so it ends up being two coins for me but it's like almost like a guaranteed uh reward after playing twice kind of a thing
0: yeah sounds like a good plan uh so, so the only issue, uh, you know, the only thing I'm thinking about is, say, imagine a very uh, high spender. So you are a high spender, Tom, and I'm not a high spender yeah. in the same game, and you have you have a you have a spectacular night with, a, you know, with an amazing stat, and this guy is never going to lose. So, and also you're a high spender. So on that scenario, if you're going to keep winning. I will not get any money out of you, right? And imagine that's like what 30% of the players in the game, so the feature will go really base. So that's the yeah. that's that's what I'm thinking you know, when you when you ask something like this.
1: That's that's what unbeatable bots are for, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
0: So Don't so maybe 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 on that note, right? So maybe uh, what we can do is instead instead of giving them to the winner, if 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 I'm a loser, I've been losing for five times. On the sixth time of a losing, the game can give him one token, like a grace token. Okay, you've been doing really, really well. You've been really, <laughs> you've been very honest for the game. Take one token and try again. So that makes yeah. sense. That that's gonna motivate them, right? So yeah, yeah. That, you know the other way can really work. Mm. I like it. Okay, but um... but the example you mentioned about the you know the game of the the drag race thing is really crazy. I didn't I didn't I didn't uh, I haven't heard about it. You know, taking the car, you know, if you win, like a pink slip is like crazy yeah
1: Yeah, it's it's like uh um what were those uh movies fast and furious where you know you you bet your car yeah it was like totally (laughs) straight up into that which fits so well into the car game (laughs) genre right (laughs) um okay i wanted to loop back though and you gave this great example where it was released to players and it had some issues and things like that uh a common trend that i've seen uh Many folks using lately has been instead of just releasing a feature, we actually build out the feature and then we launch it as a live ops event um, and it's live for a few days or a few weeks or something like that. Um, But players know that it's going away um, and then it goes away. And I have time to look at the data, to tweak things. Maybe I try it as another event a couple more times with some tweaks to see, like, is it actually out there? But I now accomplish a few things. You know, first off, I've got the data. And it's not like I just put out this feature that's broken and players revolted on. You know, I feel like they tolerate live ops events um, a lot better. Um, But I can try it, you know, a couple different times and I can see is this actually going to do the thing that I want it to do? And is it going to move my metrics and keep them moved? Because if it's not, well, it was just a ups event and we don't have to run it again. Um, because, you know, sometimes you see these games where they just like release a feature and they release a feature and a feature and many of those features aren't actually moving the KPIs, but now that they're like released as features, it's much harder to just remove them until you end up with a really cluttered gameplay approach. So I'm curious what you think of, you know, this approach of like releasing things as uh, a live ops event to kind of test and iterate before they're fully released as features
0: yeah so so what we do currently is you know we uh, we release i mean we develop a feature so we test it internally and before we go forward we have like a like a closed beta group with EAL. Right? you know we have a we have a closed beta groups so where we test it um, so even if we have like 100 or 200 players uh, who place a feature mm-hmm. in and out so there'll be a lot of basic you know questions being answered you know for example say if it's a Let's say it's a, say it's a candy. So no, okay, we have to talk, stop talking about candy. So if it's a, say if it's a, a shooting game and uh, if there is a new kind of one-on-one shooting uh, squad game is happening. Uh, so that feature, say there is a, there is a one-on-one feature is going on like a, like a game mode. And even if you release that to a hundred people, the basic, gameplay function, you know, the shooting, we'll see like, you know, we can understand mm. about, you know, what kind of bugs and everything. So, so yes, yeah, so that's what we do, right? You know, that, that's what we're doing. So, so release it to the very close group, understand, uh, you know, the the basic things and what's going on. And the most importantly, we have to see uh, how how it is, uh, because I so because I always think player first, so I will see how, how much the players have been experiencing with this new feature. Are they really enjoying it? Are, are they willing to really spend it? so these are the things we will we will be we'll sure you know we surely get the answers for all these things but uh when you talk about creating a feature and releasing it like an event um so 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 what is your goal tom like what will be your goal like so uh say for example on the fourth uh, fourth iteration you believe this feature is really good and i'm going to make it permanent so that's what your plan or what exactly your the end goal with that feature
1: so you know let's use league of legends as an example. Um, so they'll periodically, um, or at least they did before I quit that game that consumed my life. Um, they would periodically, you know, put out these new game modes that had unique takes to them where it'd be like, you know, it's like a mirror game where you, you play champions to see like which Garen is actually better or like everyone's playing the same champion or, you know, the gold, amount is like doubled or different things like that. And it, you know, they can basically vet different things. Now they didn't really keep that many of them. I think the only one that they ended up making permanent was, uh, their a Ram, um, thing, but initially a Ram was like a time limited, uh, special, you know, uh, gameplay mode. But I think that it got so much engagement and moved the metrics and did so well that they were like, okay, well, we'll make this uh, a permanent one. Um, And so, you know, I I think that there's, you know, two reasons with that. Um, One, you know, having these different gameplay modes probably drives additional engagement and stuff because players have to, you know, try it out and and check it out and things like that. Um, But two, like once you find one that works really well, like ARAM, I would not be surprised if that monetizes really well for them too, because the the aram you need these different types of champions that like shoot really far away and uh, if you don't have those champions it's going to be really rough for you Um, but you know once you get them and once you get good with them well what's the next step is to buy the skin so that you can really show off your skills and abilities you know when you're playing aram Um, and so you know I, i think it's kind of a combination of driving, you know, player engagement and stuff as, as you will with live ops. But I think it also leads to how can we try the different ones and the ones that work really well and achieve X, Y, Z KPI. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're going to be like, well, players love this so much. We decided to make it a permanent feature. Um, and players usually, you know, cheer that because they really enjoyed that game mode.
0: Okay. So on that note, what I'm understanding is, you know, if your goal is to make the feature, you know, uh, uh, a better performing feature uh, you know to make the gps really better i would really recommend you know at least i would approach in a way where i always even if it's tested like an event or you know like or like a permanent feature uh, my approach will always test with a small small group of you know, a small group of players because um even if it's thousand or a hundred thousand, uh you can get certain data from the hundred people or thousand people, like a closed group. But what we are saving here with the closed network is, you know, we are not exposing our content, we're not exposing to every player's. You know, what has been planned for the game, right? <laughs> so that is something, you know, because maybe we can go out with even with a better version of the feature. So that's why, you know, it's always recommended to have, so to have like a close group, and then we can decide even if it, even if it has to be like an event, or uh, event wise, you know, where we're going to release it like every month and test it out, I'll still, you know, I will approach with very, very close group. So having the close mm-hmm. group and understand the feature really well, and then we can, of course, I don't see any significant difference, you know, creating a feature like an event and going forward making it a permanent, it, it yeah, as you mentioned, you know, from the League of Legends example. Yeah, it's pretty obvious we can still do that. But the only thing is, we have to keep it really close. We have to understand them because, you know, before before we go global, we might have a lot more issues. So we have, so we have to like, you know, kill all these uh, basic mm-hmm. principles and basic things and then we can go with the next one. So I hope you answered that.
1: I got it. I like it. That's, that's good. Okay. So we're gonna switch gears just slightly. Um so how do I go about figuring out what features I should be making? Because I, I think it, it's almost um, you know, I was just talking to a buddy and they 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 recently killed their game and now they've they've got like two to twenty different game ideas and stuff that they're sputtering on. And I think it's kind of the same with features too. Like there's a lot of different ideas of things that you could do, but everyone's resource constrained, right? And only certain things are actually going to have a meaningful impact on you know the game. So how do you figure out which feature
0: you should work on next? What we can do is, um, say, for example, we release a new game. Uh, let's like let's take your friend uh, example as a scenario. So we're creating a new game and uh, we released it and we have the KPS for the most first the 90 days or something. And now we see now, of course, we will identify a lot of numbers. You know, we will see a lot of uh, uh, KPIs in terms of DAU and D1, D7, and all these things gonna happen, right? So now, uh, now as a developer, we know the plan. We know uh, how long we have to make the players to play the game and get them converted and make them pay something in the game. So if that is not met, now that's when um, a new content is added to the player to make them engaged and giving them more reason enough you know, to play the game. So this, this is why, you know, for example, um, uh, yeah, Clash Quest, I've been playing Clash Quest for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> I even covered in the deconstruction. So yeah, so um, what happened in that game, you know, uh, in the entire span of six months, what happened was I started with a very basic game. But after three, four months, as the grinding uh, resource, you know, the grinding is really is real in Clash Quest. So they, so what they what they did was, you know, they've been adding a lot of a uh, lot of modes where the players can gather extra loot and extra resource to progress in the game. So I believe these features will not be. So uh, should, I think I think these features, like you know, like there is something called a shipwreck. If you just uh, click it and just do uh, spend some uh, energy there, you get some loot, you know, it's like uh, there are, so w- what they did was I think uh, the game might have, might had issues blade dropping because of a lot of grind. And now class class have identified that. And now they're trying to figure out uh, adding in, um, maybe a innovative way of uh, grinding, you know, maybe a new exciting way of grinding rather than something else. So now the player have a lot more reason and a lot more, uh, uh, you know now the now, now the player might receive a lot more rewards in the same session you know in the same 10 minutes i'm playing the game there's, lo- there's a lot of things happening and it's meaningful now so that's the reason you know uh when, uh, when i started playing the game after three four months i've seen all these uh, small features which will keep the player engaged you know even if i uh if, even if i hit the stagnant level i couldn't move anywhere i still have all these small features i can grind around and get the same kind of fluid i can get from the from that level and i can progress well so so, so so yeah. So that's how we approach it. If any game. We have to run the game. We have to see what is what is expected, and this non-star <clears> metric is not met. Let's do something for it. You know, it can be a very minimal feature. It can be a it can be a progress bar. You know, there are games which which uh, you know which had a lot of success just with a small addition like a progress bar. You know, something like that. So it can be a very minimal thing, and when you approach a feature, that's the thing. You know, when you approach the feature, there'll be like a Tons of ideas pouring on you from the team. Like, hey, you can do that. We can do that. We can do that. But we have to really understand, you know, it has to be really simple. You know, it has to be really simple uh, because of iterations, <laughs> because there are iterations. There, there are going to be iterations for the next one year. So we can start simple. And that's what, you know, we have to identify where the players are dropping. Is it what is expected? Is it what intended? No. Okay, something is wrong. Let's do something for that. So that's one approach of, you know, so basically uh, looking at the KPI, finding, finding uh, the problems. Mm. And on the other side, imagine your friend game is doing really, really well. And on the other side, we are seeing some opportunities <laughs> to make more money. Okay, this particular part of the game is making a lot of money. Let's do something about it. So that's when a different feature comes into mind. It comes to mind. Okay, let's do something. You know, let's let's make. For example, imagine a casino game. Uh, uh, every day I spend a thousand. Every day, imagine I'm a high spender. Every yep. day I'm spending some thousand thousand tokens in it. Now. Now the developers decide. Okay, now let's make this guy to spend thousand two hundred tokens every day. So there can be a small feature which which says, Hey, hey sarvanan listen, there is a new feature. Instead of spending uh, 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 one token, if you spend into two tokens for the next three hours, there is a lot more chance you are winning. So yeah, so I can get more money from him, right? So yeah. we so, so so it's like we have to. So that's what another feature has to be approached. Either it's a problem or an opportunity to make more money out of it. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever had,
1: um, I want to say maybe like an overzealous uh, executive that you know maybe saw us, hey, Battle Pass worked really well over here and they come down and they just kind of have a mandate of, okay, we need to make a Battle Pass for our game like yesterday. Um, have you ever had you know something like that happen where you're suddenly left with, okay, I need to make a feature that is like something that is kind of seen in other games and I have to figure out how to make it work in my game?
0: Honestly, uh, when we approach for new features for any game, right? At least what I do is I play my immediate competitors for my current project. Uh, yeah, I cannot, I cannot give you the exact detail, right? So for example, I'm playing a match game. I'll I'll look out for the most relevant mastery game of my 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 uh, my title, and I will of course you know I'll get inspired. I'll I'll use the word inspired. I'll get inspired from other games. Like what are the features they're doing really well? Then we get the idea. Okay, this feature because it's a similar game and we have a feature in that game which is doing really well. Let's take that feature, and now my PM is saying, Sarvanan, like this feature is making a lot of money in that game. Let's do let's do a similar feature in this uh, you know in our game. Um, yeah, it's it sounds like a plan. So now, as a designer, what we have to do is uh, first thing. First thing, as a designer, what I think is, of course, it's a nice feature. Uh, there is absolutely no doubt in that. But if we have this feature in our game, will there be a uh, will there be a huge disturbance in the player experience? Like, are we? So that's what we have to first think. You know, the player experience, the player first thing should be really, really. Uh, you know, we be, as a designer, we should be responsible of not disrupting the current player experience. And then we have to come up with an idea of the same feature, but in in a theme, which will match our project, you know, uh, so we cannot change a lot of things. And of course, uh, see, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, so that's what, you know, we have to think in a way where it can match the current uh, game and uh, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and what, and, 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 and then what we have to do is, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking like what to say because I have a project in my mind and I cannot just so whenever I'm trying to explain to you that I'm getting my actual project and actual thing in my mind. So I'm just trying to block mm-hmm. it out, block it out and talk. <laughs> and, and OK, so anyway, so uh, imagine, OK, uh, let's say let's say uh, we have uh, so we have a, uh, we have a system and other games and we, have, we need a similar thing. Uh, yeah. It's it's not a bad idea. Tom. Honestly, it's not a bad idea. So because end of the day, even if as a designer, the goal is to make money out of the game, right? But as a designer, another responsibility for me is to keep the player experience really, really well. It shouldn't uh, it shouldn't be a different theme altogether. You know, just because we can all we can also take a, a feature from a casino game, no problem. But as a designer, what we have to do is we have to just match the theme, and uh, and, and compose that feature in a way which will match our game. You know, in some way. So so yeah we can do that uh, and, uh, and 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 we cannot say it will work because it's working on a different game and uh, again so it's going to it's going to do it's going to go on a lot of testing and iteration so yeah so i have done i have done once but uh, in my previous project with the one of the biggest title what we did was uh, but we had there we had a personal touch you know we had a touch like you know what this game can do for this feature so that is something you have to add for any feature we can you know match up with the competitors I like that.
1: Um do you you know in this design process what happens if you don't know why they've done something like um you know why they've priced at this point or you know they've they've done something like that like is it better to just default to like copying a competitor because obviously they've got something right or you know should you try to understand that or should you
0: just roll with whatever you think is best? So yeah surprising yeah. and um... I, I'm not going to go very detail into the economy part because uh, so so for example, let's take the battle pass system itself and uh, say there is a battle pass in a competitive game, which is going to cost you $5 and we cannot just keep $5 just because the game is doing $5, you know, the feature is doing $5 in a different game. So because the battle pass in that game contains a lot of content and resource, what has been thrown out as a reward to the players, it can be a premium or a free player, right? It's going to hold a lot of resource majorly on a May pass. So when it comes to our game, we have to really understand it has to go through a lot of balancing and because um, we cannot just give them so much of soft currencies and hard currency in the past and just say like $5. It's it's going to have a different valueization in, in what's happening in the store and what's happening in the, you know, in the mayor pass. So the price point, it always comes to the balancing. Uh, Tom. You know, we have to understand what are the what are the content, what are the resources we're giving out in a, in, a, in a battle pass. And then we have to decide uh, the price point. So it, it, it can be even more than $5 because it it, it, it can be because end of the day, we have to decide what is the value for the pass, and how the players will accept it. So that's going to be the end case.
1: That's interesting. Do you, and I, I assume EA probably has like, you know, game economy designers and stuff like that, but like, do you guys ever use like, uh, you know, just Excel or there's uh machinations machinations, um, that, you know, you can kind of like model out scenarios, like, do you ever use something like that? Or, you know, do you just kind (laughs) of let the economy stuff be taken over by someone with the expertise in
0: that? So, yeah, as you mentioned, we have a lot of design specific people in the EA, uh, uh, yes, for example, we have specific team for economy and, uh, and all the balancing, system balancing and everything that you know, happened. So I honestly never worked on it. Uh, at least I've, I've seen a lot of uh, spreadsheets, of course, you know once given. So, but yeah, but honestly, I never worked with uh, economic things, but economic things are mostly handled by a separate team of designers kind of thing. That's
1: cool. That's cool. Um, so I know we're... Uh getting close here on time but uh yeah, yeah maybe a, a few more little things so um what's maybe like the an example of a feature that you thought was going to tank or not do well that ended up you know really surprising you and, and doing far better than you know you ever
0: imagined yeah so there was a, there was one feature um uh, the feature is really good. You know, the, the way it uh, uh, reinforces the players to get back to the code loop, everything was fine. But I wasn't really happy with the amount of price they had for the individual loot. For example, uh, uh, you say, for example, in that particular feature, we have to collect certain uh, number of tokens or a type of token, which can be acquired uh, by playing different games and modes and everything. But if you're not able to do it, there, there is a chance you can buy uh, by this collection of, uh, you know, a cluster of tokens directly with the direct money in the store, you know, during this event happens, and that was priced really, really high. So I was really sure players going to come back and uh, complain about this uh, price tag for each of the, uh, you know, each of the uh, different uh, clusters of tokens which is available in the store. And I was really sure. Okay, players going to complain. Players going to enjoy the feature, but they're going to complain on the price point for this feature, you know. But it turned out to be player actually were happy with the, of course, they complained about the price, but we had, but we saw an immense spike on the purchase because the player loved the feature. They have absolutely no problem with the feature. And that's how they had they, they paid whatever the price it is, they paid it and they got everything. So, yeah, so that was an example I can give. I was surprised. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. We're all happy then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, um, you know on the the other side, like have you um you know when you hear player feedback that is negative about a a feature, but you look at the k p i s and they're positive how how do you kind of handle that situation because you know I know sometimes it's like well, we made a change, and engagement is up, maybe revenue is up, but these players like hate the feature for whatever reason so like how, how do you handle a situation like that
0: okay so yeah when the feature is out you know that's the um, next space you know when the feature is out uh we have to constantly monitor the community we have a lot of community managers an amazing team we have so they constantly monitor what's happening in the community it can be on facebook or any other group uh, so, whenever something is getting released, there'll be a huge talk going among the players. So, of course, we have to consider the players' uh, feedback, you know, whatever they're thinking about it. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to collect all the players' feedback, initial player feedback. But my my approach is majorly on the KPI side, uh, Tom, like, you know, uh, because about um, how many players? Like, out of 100,000 players, maybe 1,000 players are complaining about this. Mm-hmm. we can So rather finding them who they are and how much they're spending <laughs> in a game we can just go back and see the metrics if the metrics is doing good and and maybe going forward of course we have to take the feedback and you know as, as a concern and we have to record it if things are going down if, 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 if things are going really non-go to the kpi thing, of course then you can constantly you know build up because um yeah because you know Players might, sometimes players might might not understand even an amazing feature. You know, even, uh, uh, any player, it can happen, right? Say, 50% of people might love it. 50% will mm-hmm. see this feature in a different way. So there'll be a mixed mixed uh review is going to happen any feature yeah. will not have a hundred percent positive or 100 0%, <laughs> uh, uh, you know like a negative review so it's going to be a mixed yes. review anyway so but what i'm saying is record the player feedback you know run the community uh get all the feedback from the players um, make it recorded and follow the kpis if the kpis is again the, telling the same thing what players are reporting do the changes
1: yeah that sounds great man well uh we are on the master retention podcast i think we're out of time so that means i've only got one more question for you which is the unofficial question um and that is you know what's one tip or trick or lesson you've learned over the years to help keep your players be more retained
0: how do you how do you keep them playing for longer so yeah uh this is something i uh, you know I, I i this is something i i really want to be in free to play games you know free to play games is a challenge uh, one of the biggest challenges we have so many challenges. One of the biggest challenges keeping a player with us, you know, keeping them retained for a very long time, you know, you know, turning them into a LTV or something. That's going to be the major challenge for any free-to-play game, right? You know, uh, improving the conversion rate. Let's say we have one percentage of uh, paying people, at least increase it to two percentage. That's the goal, right? So that for that to achieve that goal, uh, you know, towards revenue, retention is the most important thing, and. Uh, For any game, uh, Tom, the first thing is the game has to be targeted to the right audience, right? Uh, Say, for example, you are not, say you are a car racer. You you love playing cars. I cannot ask you to play Junshun every day. You might not like it. Correct. So we have to find the right audience. um, And even if it's the right audience, give them the right game, give them the most simple Mm -hmm. game uh, to understand the game. Uh, No, like it has to be. So at the first try, I should know what the game is and I should know what are the objectives. And mm. I should partially understand what's my aspiration. So that will make me to come back for the second time. And then um then 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 just uh you know then now I know the game. I, I came back for the second time. I know what to do. Now give them the additional challenge. Okay, I have so many things to do. And then give them some reward and keep them motivated, you know, like just keep them engaged for the, so this this is what I even covered in one of my article in, uh, I know in the medium about uh, why squid game is a great free to play model. So get the audience, give them a simple game, make them understand and keep them, keep them motivated. You know, for example, there are games, uh, for example, uh, uh, you know, there are mastery games. Uh, I play, I play day one and I come back on day seven or day five, it's going to say, hey, thank you for coming back. We missed you. Take this 10 gems. I'll mm. be really happy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's really nice. Uh, Let's <laughs> play the session. And, and then I might stick with the game. I might keep playing the game. So these kind of approaches, you know, these kind of small, small innovations has to happen in the free-to-play model. Uh, because players have immense, uh, you know, CF application and games <laughs> in the market. They can always jump to different games. So we have to understand the players. We have to know where they are dropping. And uh, we have to identify why they are dropping. And then give them the reward, keep them motivated, keep them engaged. So yeah, so that's all, that's all we can do.
1: Yeah, that's great. By the way, we'll we're, we're put a link to your Medium and stuff in there. Sara Vanin's stuff is like awesome. I, I love reading it. Um, you've taught me a lot, Give me some really like insightful things to think about. So um, definitely follow him on Medium and LinkedIn and, and all those things because he's got awesome stuff. Um, but, uh, cool. Well, thank you so much for, for joining today. Uh, if folks do want to get in contact with you with any questions or anything like that, is there a good way for them to do that?
0: Yeah. Thanks Tom. Uh, you can always, yeah, anybody can always reach me with uh, LinkedIn. I'm really active with LinkedIn profile. So that'll be really, that's great.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a blast and we'll talk soon.